Welcome to the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. This thing is huge. It's the greatest, most outrageous, incredibly fun podcast on the internet today. It's all about the Don. The most spectacular entrepreneur alive today. For entrepreneurs who also want to dominate their market and destroy their competition. You should be your competition's huge problem. This is the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast with Steve Cypress and Everett Fornell. Welcome to another excellent, believe me, unbelievable, making podcasting great again episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. Steve Cypress here along with Everett Fornell. Steve, I got to tell you, we have phone calls coming in from different carriers. They're begging us to run our podcast on their platform because of the massive difference in market value that it will bring to their platform. And, uh, of course, we just have too sweet a deal with the places we're running it now. We can't. Yeah, but I'm wondering if where we're running it now is going to just delete our podcast and cut us off. Not a chance. Not a chance. It's worth way too much market cap for them to have us hosted on their podcast. I am thinking, though, maybe we should. Well, no, we shouldn't. Uh, we shouldn't hold them up and make them pay us for it, for the pleasure of hold, hosting. Well, we could, but I mean, at least they might even have just like one employee that might like go off and go rogue and delete our podcast for like eleven minutes or something. That yes, could happen. only a few minutes, and then it would be right back up. <laughs> <laughs> So, as always, we start with a sarcastic, jesting, hinting, suggesting at what the topic of the week is, and you might be guessing that the topic is Donald Trump and his very world-famous Twitter account, which was in the news twice recently, once when a rogue employee on his last day at Twitter decided to delete Donald Trump's account, and it took him like 11 minutes to get the thing back up again, and then brought up the question, Donald Trump violates the Twitter terms of service by, you know, you're not supposed to tweet out threats or be violent or say nasty things or whatever the heck they think, you know, they don't want to do. Like, that's what Donald Trump does. So all the anti-Trumpers come out of the woodwork and they're like, you know, Twitter ought to delete his account. So Everett, what would you suggest are the chances, mathematically, of Twitter deleting Donald Trump's account? And round off to the nearest point oh 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 in other words I mean the next thing I'm gonna read in the news is the CEO of Twitter sold all his shares, tendered his resignation, moved to a to a bulletproof island somewhere undisclosed, and then deleted Donald Trump's Twitter, I mean, the only, I mean, social media networks come and go all the time. There's there's definitely, without a doubt, only one account in all of Twitter keeping the whole thing afloat. Like, without Donald Trump's account. Nobody would use Twitter. No one would ever say the word Twitter. No one would remember what Twitter used to be. I, I have a feeling when Donald Trump leaves office, Twitter's just going to sit there and go, now what? <laughs> we are in trouble. Uh, well, I mean, the excuse that they're using is to say that Donald Trump's 
tweets are newsworthy, which, yeah, you know, I mean, he's the president of the United States. By definition, they're newsworthy. But in truth, there's an analyst. I don't know which analyst it was, but when I read the story, there was an analyst who estimated Trump's presence on the platform to be worth $2 billion, with a B, $2 billion in market $2 billion? Cap. What's the total market cap of Twitter? $1.9? <laughs> Two point oh 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 one billion. <laughs> How much of my? I've got like forty thousand Twitter followers. My account to Twitter is worth point oh 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 millionth of a cent. Like they could care less about. I mean, Kim Kardashian has like millions of followers or something worth nothing to Twitter. Twitter right. is nothing without Donald Trump. Without Donald Trump, exactly, exactly. It's hysterical. So yeah, of course, the lesson, <laughs> other than just you got to take some time and laugh at the circus sometimes because there's so many clowns running around. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. So let's get to the lesson learned for business owners because the sheer right. absurdity of Twitter deleting the one account that holds the entire company afloat is germane to small business owners. It's actually a goal you want to set for yourself. You want to be such a big dog that people have to put up with you, do business with you, even if they don't agree with your beliefs or even if they don't like what you do or or anything at all, they can't stop supplying you, buying from you, working from you, whatever it is, you're the big dog. That's right. You want to be so good at what you do and so dominant in your marketplace that nobody can ignore you, that nobody can not do business with you in your marketplace. So that would be, for example, Home Depot versus Ace Hardware. Ace Hardware, if you have not been in one in the last 10, 15 years, 20 years, has basically turned into a place to get your keys done and to get stuff that you've seen on TV, infomercial stuff that you've seen on TV. Well, now um, I personally, I have to tell you, you know. this, this sits home with me, your example, because I personally, on purpose, shop at the Ace Hardware Store because it's our little locally owned local hardware store. And right. I know that it's less convenient. It has less of a selection. It has higher prices. It has less supplies of anything. It's completely unbelievably inferior, but I just love small businesses, and I can't stand large businesses. So okay. I well, so, I voluntarily so subject myself to all the ridiculous negatives of shopping there, but that's what I do. Right. But as a whole, and a lot of it has to do with convenience. Okay, I'll give you that. So there is an Ace Hardware closer to my house in the Lowe's, which is closer to the Home Depot. So if I need to get something that's available. Well, like you said, sure. If you need to run in and get like a washer or something, you would do that. But no, I understand. I am in the vast minority of human beings favoring the, even to my own detriment, paying more for less that I favor small businesses. I'm completely in the minority there, I know. Right. So you can't ignore Home Depot. You can't ignore lows in that marketplace, you know, in that area. So the same thing goes here with President Trump. Twitter cannot possibly ignore him because he's keeping the whole platform afloat. So if you're a small business, then if you're a service business, then you've got to be so good at what you do that nobody can ignore you. If you are a products business, then your product has got to be so superior and your marketing has got to be so superior that nobody can ignore you. And if you're a contractor or some sort of local contractor service businesses, but they're service businesses that deal in hard assets, hard products. Nobody's buying the service of putting the roof on the house. They're buying the roof. If you're in that business, then you've got to be so good that wherever you're at, that you're doing so much business that your suppliers don't dare cut you off, that they don't dare give you trouble as far as... Sure, even if they can't stand the fact that you badger them on prices, on delivery times, they have to drop everything for you to the detriment and get complaints from their other people. People they supply, but they just can't think of cutting you off. They can't do it. 
Now, that said, you also don't want to abuse them. So Trump isn't forcing Twitter to write a check, which he could. He's not forcing Twitter to write a check to keep his platform on this. So you don't want to abuse your vendors. You don't want to abuse your customers. But you do want to be in a position where you are so powerful in the marketplace that they can't ignore you. And, of course, the way to do that, the first and foremost and best way to do that is to be the best marketing company in your area and generate the most sales. Uh, And when I say area, I mean geographic area, but I also mean marketplace area. So you might have a category, sometimes called a vertical, and you might not be restricted by geography, but in your vertical, you're the best. So you want to really just push to dominate those areas. Now, easier said than done sometimes, but there's no question that it's possible. And not only is it possible, it is important to make sure that you're doing the right things. You know this, Steve, because you work with a lot of small business. Small business well, yeah, what we're basically level, saying is you want to be that. basically as close to a monopoly as you can without being an illegal yeah. monopoly. So, right. for instance, well, people can't stand their local cable company, but that's it. If they want cable TV, there's only one local cable company or one local phone company. Lots of people don't even have local phone companies anymore. They just have their cell phones. And there's plenty of competition. But I I remember the days people would complain. Or the companies would take advantage of this and say things like, everyone remembers the day when they'd say, oh, your phone is out? We'll be there next Tuesday sometime between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. That's right. Absolutely. Or we'll install your cable. We'll come for the cable guy. We'll come, you know, in a week from now, and they give you a nine-hour window. So now you have to stay home from work or, you know, what – I mean – Come on now. Like, that's well, just terrible customer service. As soon as satellite TV came along or Internet TV or any kind of competition, suddenly, oh, we'll give you a two-hour window, and we will text you before we show up so you can 20 minutes before. So if you're at work, you can then drive over or you can have someone there. You know, now, oh, suddenly they become customer service-oriented. You know, I experienced this when I worked three and a half years for Yellow Page Publisher, which for decades – operated pretty much like a monopoly, like an, an evil you know, necessity that every business owner knew they needed to be in the Yellow Pages, but the Yellow Pages mistakenly, like you're saying, they went too far and they lorded it over mm-hmm. their advertisers, treating them like crap because they were an evil monopoly instead of a beneficent monopoly. So they always raised their rates for no reason and they made ridiculous, you know, people had to pay in advance and do this and they made a, a ridiculous rules about everything, and when I was with the Yellow Pages, almost without exception, every single advertiser, no matter how much money they were making from the Yellow Pages, and some of them, their whole business depended on it, they still hated the Yellow Pages, which meant they hated me. And I'm like, wait a minute, you know, when I first started working, I remember the first day, they're like, here's your account, start calling, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be great, let's call them up, hey, it's time to renew, let's go. You know, I went through the training, they were like, yeah, that's what happens, you know, here's how a call goes, hi, I'm your new Yellow Pages rep, when you want to meet, they give you a time, you go out. Yeah, that's not how it worked. So here's how it worked in reality. Hey, hello, I'm your new Yellow Page rep. What happened to the last guy? Who they hated, by the way, but suddenly they cared where's the last guy. I'm like, well, you know, he, whatever, I don't, he got promoted, he moved out, you know, I'm your new rep. Yeah, well, I don't feel like meeting with you. Like, well, you know, but it's time for a new, like, yeah, call me back in a week, click. And I'm like, what? What just happened? And then I realized when I went out on these meetings, like, doesn't matter how much money or how many calls they're getting, how many leads, how much money they're making from it, they hated the Yellow Pages for the way the company lorded it over them and treated them. And so what happened is the Yellow Page publishers all got their comeuppance. They got what was coming to them when viable alternatives came about, multiple Yellow Page books and then the mm-hmm. Internet. And then suddenly the small business owner no longer said, well, I have to be in your Yellow Page book. So suddenly they're canceling their ads. They're not a 
abiding by the stupid rules and regulations. They say, forget it then. I just want to advertise in your book. What? The Yellow Page company I was with just after I left, they went bankrupt three times in the next like eight years or something. It just went bankrupt. And all the Yellow Page publishers right. pretty much did. And so when we're suggesting that you be the big dog, we're suggesting you don't go too far and mistreat and abuse your employees, your suppliers, your customers, anything. Be the big dog, but don't abuse them to the point where they can't wait till any competition comes along and then you're dead meat. Right. And that's really the crux of it is that we want to control a marketplace. We want to be the big dog in the marketplace, but we want to be Alcoa instead of the Yellow Pages. Now, Alcoa controlled the aluminum market with a monopoly without government imposition of monopoly forces. It was a monopoly because their prices were so low and their customer service was so fantastic that no other aluminum producer could get a foothold in the market for many decades until, of course, the government came in and broke them up. So, oh, you're a monopoly. And now not nearly as good or as cheap, but that's the kind of big dog that you want to be. You want to be Alcoa, not Yellow Pages. And even if they have to delete your business for 11 minutes and then put it back. (laughs) Now, as always, that's the basic tip for this week, but we do have, as always, an advanced tip, and for that, you head on over to Lessons Learned from DonaldTrump.com. You get the contact information for Everett and myself. Do it kind of quickly because our slots fill up, but you get to contact us. We give you the advanced tip of the week, and this week, it's actually a really good one. We got into a little about what you should do, what you shouldn't do, and the advanced tip is going to take it another step further of specific things you can do to become this big dog, but a benevolent big dog that people love to work with and they could never think of not working with you. So you get the terms, the prices, the conditions, everything you want, which is the spectacular position to be in. So you head over to Lessons Learned from DonaldTrump.com. Anything else this week, Everett? I don't think so. I think that puts a bow on it perfectly. You've just listened to the most terrific podcast on the Internet today. If you want to be a winner like Trump, make sure to go listen to the rest of the episodes and get our advanced tip of the week by going to Lessons Learned from DonaldTrump.com. And join us next time, unless you like being a loser. Some people do. Trust me.